everyone. Welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Adam, hello. Benny, hello. Hello. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's a good job Adam messaged because that reminded me that we actually had a show to do tonight. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'm only going to say that because we just got back from an hour and a half at of a, a prospective high school that Georgia wants to go to. We Ooh. actually went for a high school visit tonight, ah, which was very... It, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know if this girl is ever going to hear this, right? But we got a... Um, a year 11 student to show us around the school because they like to obviously have students show people around. Yeah. And this was an amazing, an amazing young lady called Bo who, honest to God, we were thinking, um, when we were walking home, me and Sarah said, this is like George's kind of evolving Pokemon. Like Bo is George's <laughs> next phase because yeah. she just seemed to say all the, and George kept going, oh yeah, I love this too. She was engaged. She was polite. She was always asking questions of Georgia. She knew what she was doing. Didn't look like mince or fluff any of her words. You know, sometimes kids can be kind of overexcited and teenagers can kind yeah. of blah, 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 like that. When I can, no, she was articulate. I'm like that she now. She was absolutely no. amazing. Boys, you know how much of a fucking surly prick I am, right? Yeah. The second we got home, I said to Sarah, I have to email the school right now and tell them how amazing <laughs> Sarah's. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Like oh, Sarah's wow. like right behind me. Yes, email the school. Tell them how amazing this girl is. She was with us for an hour and a half. And she just kept saying, oh, do you want to go and see this? Georgia was like, yeah. So Bo would say, okay, let's go. And just made it really cool. Glad's as well. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Adam, you Come know on. this, right? Okay. Jesus Christ. Walking around a high school now. If fucking high school was like that when I was a kid, I would have gone. <laughs> because oh, yeah. it looks amazing. <laughs> oh, my mental. God. Amazing. So what you're saying is this high school isn't made out of cardboard like mine was. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. And yeah. they actually have things to do there, Benny. They don't just stand over you ah. and go, learn algebra. <laughs> <laughs> no. Learn about Jesus. Yeah, exactly. There was, oh my God, like case and example, but this is only one lesson, but music. So we said, well, what, what, because when I was at school, music was, you either learned the keyboard, the recorder, or a percussion instrument. For example, mm, yeah. a glockenspiel or a <laughs> yeah. xylophone. And that was it. Yeah. And we said, oh, so what do you do then in music? And they said, oh, well, we learn about, obviously, you know, the regular instruments, but then you can do drums, we have guitar, you can... They um, they do sound editing. So somebody had, oh, I swear good. to God, somebody had, they had a computer up with Audacity on it. And, so, <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh my God, you use Audacity. And she said, oh, yeah, we use it to learn about sound engineering. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I, just stuff, well, just, I mean, just oh, just fantastic. I hope that school has a uh, corporate license for that and they're not just <laughs> installed onto that one computer. Yeah. <laughs> I would be very upset if they had. Yeah, just I'll be very them. upset if the, if, if the school's downloaded WinRAR but not paid for the, uh, for the full subscription. <laughs> yeah. Every time we open it up, 60 days have elapsed. Now, Dan, I would be very remiss. Uh, it would be very remiss of me if I didn't ask you to also email the school to check if uh, Bo's middle name was Selector. So <laughs> could you do that for me, please? Right. So we went around. So, okay. When I was at school, there was two buildings for high school. There was upper school and lower school. Lower school was where you were in year seven and eight. You had most of your lessons there. Upper school, year nine, 10, 11. It was a bigger building. And then you had most of your lessons there. Upper school is now gone, and it's been replaced by a new fancy building. On the bottom okay. floor of the new fancy building, they had kitchens, so that there was children in there doing sort of like a cooking demonstration of what they were doing. 
So Bo's showing us around, and this cool male teacher, as we leave, goes, see you later, Bo Selector. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, nice. she went, oh. and she just went, oh, every time. <laughs> we, just, like, we just laughed, but yeah. Well, I thought I thought I would like to congratulate Bo Selector on her Yelp review review that's coming for yeah. you later today. Five star review. Yeah. Five star. TripAdvisor would be led around a school at night <laughs> by this child again. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Question. <laughs> but yeah, just amazing. I can't believe high school is like that nowadays. Because we, we went back to the same. Crossing me and Sarah went to that high school, so we got to go back to our yeah. high school. It yeah. was so weird walking around there. And we, me and Sarah even went into our... Because me and Sarah are in the same form room, the same tutor group, the same form room. We went into our old form room. We just got led in yeah. there by Bo because they were, it was the it was the maths, one of the maths rooms. And she went, oh yeah, so in here, you know, this is one of the maths classes. And I said to Sarah, I said, this is really odd, but this was our year one form room. And Sarah says, oh my God, you're right. So me and Sarah said to Georgia, like, I used to sit here and mummy used to sit there. And we like we just picked out where we sat. It was so peculiar, but so amazing wow. to see how much it's changed and how much of a good job they've done. They put such a heavy emphasis now on making sure that shout out to Dustbring, the kids are all right because <laughs> they both said that there's a there's a, so she said that building sort of over there to the side, which was a smaller building. She said, but if you ever feel ill, if you ever feel she was sort of dumbing it down from Georgia, but she said, you know, sometimes you feel sad and you don't quite feel right. She said, well, there's people in there you can go and talk to about it. And I was thinking, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Mm. And this isn't like, you know, one of the greatest schools in the world, or it's kind of a middle-ish league table school in our area. But we came out of there, yeah. and George said, yeah, I am absolutely going there. I want to go there. And I said, yeah, I, I want you to go there. It's oh, unbelievable. Great. Great. The best great. thing was, though, the best thing was, though, you could see that there was sort of young lads showing people around. You know what young lads are like. They were just going... Yeah. Yeah, so this is where we play footy, and uh, over there's maths, and uh, over there's like painting, and that was it. Meanwhile, Bo's given us like fucking schematics and blueprints and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> the lads couldn't give a shit, though, obviously. I yeah. was giving you instructions on how to rob the place. That's not that's yeah. not professional. Well, that's why I was well, so impressed. She's covering yeah, all, all those Chromebooks out of there. That's why. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, uh, a lot of musical stuff. So remind me, how old are you now when you start high school? Because I, I feel like it's different now than it was for me back in oh, back like when I was eleven. Young, so. No, still eleven. Roughly. Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, clearly it wasn't the same for you guys over there than it is over here on the east coast. But you went to three schools over here on the east coast. It's not the same now. So oh. you went to uh, you went to a primary school, then a middle school, and then a high school. So you started high school at year nine, which is at thirteen, if I remember correctly. Oh, so right. it's, still, it's still something for me to get my. Difficult for me to get my head around that she's going to high school at yeah. eleven. Yeah, I I live in as as you guys know, and to like educate you guys listening, I live in Lincolnshire, which is really super rural. So they even in like some of the main towns or city of Lincoln, they've got a real division in schools. Like even at the primary level. They've got infants and junior schools separate. So you don't just go to one. You've got to go to two for the yeah. most part. And even in some of like the smallest areas, originally you had to go to multiple schools. So I think they phased that out now. There's a lot of academies out and around. So they've converted a lot of the schools so you can just stay there all the time. But uh, yeah, yeah, thing, things have changed. You'll probably find Benny, but certainly by the time 
Frey is old enough to go to school, it will just be more traditional, like, just go to one school yeah, for primary yeah. and then one for secondary. So I've, got, I've got a couple more questions about the school that George is potentially going to. Are there houses yeah. at this one? Are there, like, in-house competitions? Is that still a thing? Yes, yeah, they have. It's uh, They're just based on colours. So it's just red, blue, green and yellow. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what do they represent anything? Because the high school I went to, um, the colours that you were... Well, I say they represented planets. They didn't really, but basically each color was a planet. So I was in purple, which was Jupiter for some reason. I don't, re- I don't um, uh, represent Jupiter with purple like at all in my mind. But red was taken by Mars, so that's um, that's done. But yeah, it, is that is there anything like that there, or is it just a uh, you're just you're you're blue kid? No. So we were talking to the year seven head, who happened to be I think it was a maths teacher, and she said that the kids for some reason, have assigned, probably because there's only four of them, they've assigned the colours to the Harry Potter houses. Oh, fair enough. So, but nice. she said, she said that's got nothing to do, but she said that's what the kids do. And yeah. I said, oh God, which one's Slytherin? And she said, oh, I don't know. And I said, right, well, <laughs> make sure George doesn't get that one. And obviously, you know, we all chuckled. But uh... So, Benny, was the, was the brown house at your school Uranus then? <laughs> I, wish there, I wish there was a brown Sorry. house. That yeah, that's so fine. Cheap. That's good. It's good. Very good. That. Very good. I wish there was a Uranus. Hey, do you well, feel with... dirty? Do you feel do you feel dirty talking about Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, with how some of the teachers were back when we were at school, they'll probably the Uranus wouldn't be brown. It'd be like red or purple because <laughs> all the bruises and lesions. <laughs> well, it's got dark quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not speaking from experience, but <laughs> Not, every, every school had one. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It was funny as well. There was a young lad who was—he had a calf's heart and an ox's heart on a table because we went to, obviously to the George wanted to see every single room again. Like we said before, for some reason, my kid fucking loves school, and she Show cannot me the cleaning wait. Supplies. She, <laughs> yeah, she cannot wait to go to high school. So this lad was, we're in the science uh, section, and this lad was showing us uh, what they do in biology. And he was, I think he was a year seven or year eight, because he seemed, he seemed quite, he seemed a lot younger than Bo. Um, and he says, yeah, so we've got here a calf saw. And as you, he says, oh, are you squeamish? And I think he was like trying to show off a little bit to George. I said, well, a little bit. And he goes, well, if you look at it, I can actually open it and split it in two here. And he's like pulling this ox's heart apart. I'm going, look, I can even get my thumb in here. And George is going, ugh. But this lad was loving it. But so it that's, how, that's how you impress girls now. I wish I had a weed blossom like that, but just sticking my thumb up in uh, yeah. heart or something. Well, this saved me a load of headaches in uh, primary school from hitting myself in the face with a book. <laughs> Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, just carry that, around awful. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely would have got me kicked out of Costa on uh, my own Boston's first date. <laughs> I've, brought, <laughs> I've brought this bull's heart with me. He impressed. Uh, you just I sprinkle guess. cinnamon powder on it. I'll never notice. <laughs> One yeah, baked pumpkin. tart, please. <laughs> it's a pumpkin spice ox's heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, how's your how's your boys' week been? What you been up to? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Go on, buddy. Sorry, that's very polite of you. I appreciate it, um, gentlemen. Have uh, uh, you probably heard of it? I've probably got the name wrong. What is the uh, the wiki or the sorry the Reddit where um, fathers like save their children from like dangerous situations? Is it Dad Saves or something like that? Uh, dad, oh, dad reflexes. Dad so uh, reflexes, I yeah. had my own very my very own dad reflex. Uh, oh yay! My, my first dad that's reflex your first moment. One. 
Good yeah, man. last week. So um, little Freya uh, has started getting good at sitting up by herself. You know, without any like without us having our hands on her or resting her back on something. Basically, like she can she can support herself for a brief moment of time, you know, for uh, like ten to thirty seconds to say before like she gives up and just flops down. So um, last week I plopped her on. Like, I got home from work like six o'clock, like I always do, um, and I took her upstairs while I get changed, like I always do, and I plopped her on the bed just to give her a bit of practice. So basically what I do when I sit her up is that I um, sit her like in a normal baby sitting position. I lean her forward a bit just because that, that gives gives her a good starting position that she can stay up for longer. Um, so I'm, I'm upstairs, she's sitting on the bed, I'm getting changed. Uh, obviously keeping an eye on her every now and then just to make sure she's uh, still where she's supposed to be. I made the slight error of putting her a little bit off centre in the bed, so she was a little bit close to the side. And uh, as I'm oh. just finished getting dressed, she starts going, and she's going off to the side where there is a uh, where there is just floor waiting for her, which uh, leads me to leap over the corner of the bed and catch her. Uh, I don't think she would have fallen on the floor, but there was definitely she definitely cartwheeled on the bed, so possibly she would have hit the floor, but. I got there in plenty of time. Um, Blossom did, doesn't actually know this, and she's not in the room listening to me do the podcast. Oh so it's going to be a very good yeah. little uh, story for her when uh, <laughs> when she hears this in a in a few days. So yeah, um, Freya nearly fell off the bed, but I stopped her. So that's my uh, my dad hero story. The worst thing though is when, like the American football players you you so admire, you slammed her to the ground <laughs> in a touchdown. Yeah, I, yeah, I spiked and, her. <laughs> and then ran around the house with your arms in the air. <laughs> spiked her, did a river dance, did a bit of Egyptian yep. dancing, you know. Thrusted once, twice, but not thrice. But then a guy in a zebra t shirt ran in and gave you 15 yards for embellishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because I only thrusted twice. If you thrust three times, that's when you get the, that's when you get the uh, flag. Okay, fair enough. Uh, okay. You didn't get yellow flag then. <laughs> God. Did you. Like, are you already having nightmares about it? Thinking about it now, the kind of oh shit, that was actually. Are you or are you making it worse in your head already? Because that's what I've done before. I when think so. So uh, Georgia, I kind of it, those alone moments. You think, oh Jesus Christ, thank yeah. fuck I was actually there. Well, I, I, I've mentioned it before on a podcast when I talked about um, me being me carrying my nanny's coffin at a funeral, and just oh, like yeah. nothing, nothing happened. But I spent the next like couple of days after that thinking. Shit! What if I dropped it? And that's kind of like a situation that I had. Like, been keeping, I've been keeping it to myself. Obviously, I'm not told Blossom about oh. it. But just thinking, oh god, she might have done a cartwheel on her bed. She might have cracked her head on the floor. She might have like bled out all over, on my bedroom it's, floor. It's begun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This and- this won't leave you for quite some time. Like <laughs> maybe ever. You you'll be playing at a park. And you'll think, oh, what if she just like falls off the slide and lands on her face? <laughs> oh, dude. Or you'll be like riding a bike oh, with her God. and you'll think, oh, God, what if she just swerves into the road? <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> that Those thoughts won't leave you. There's like yeah. crazy, horrible thoughts of just like, oh, my God, what if this really bad thing happens? But I think that's normal. And I think that might just be a dad thing. Yeah. Is... Is planning for those emergencies. So you go, okay, well, if that happened, yeah, it'd be horrible. So I could steal myself for it if it did happen. But also thinking about it means I can prevent it. Yeah. I, and you've got that ingrained in you to just like grab her out of the way, just make sure she's safe, you know, slide 
on your back, do a roly-poly and catch her from falling off the slide, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm telling you, the, yeah, the, the, the backs of my knees are already sweating in fear. Uh, just the <laughs> thoughts about the things you're saying, I couldn't agree more. And that's yeah. the thing, Benny, it's almost like your brain is preparing you for those moments. Yeah. And that yeah. next time it happens, you'll just have that split second thing of thinking, oh shit, and then you'll just react. It's your, yeah. your brain's been preparing you for this whole time. I'm the it's... same. Whenever, whenever, for some reason, me and Georgia go to the park and she's on the swing because she can swing by herself. I just think, oh God, what if she flips backwards off that swing right now? I <laughs> just <laughs> think, fuck, just, you're just ruining this moment, Daniel. She's on the swing having fun. Just enjoy it. Stop thinking about your fucking daughter in a wheelchair because she fell off a swing. I can't, though. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the most useful form of anxiety. Because oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've had to put it in use. Like, uh, my lad, not kind of this March, but the March before. So just before COVID. Uh, was it the March before? Could have been even the March before that. He broke his leg really badly at school. Yeah. Basically, he's riding around on his first day of cycling proficiency and swerved out of the way of someone and smacked his leg into a, the corner of a bench. But his foot was already kind of stuck with the pedal behind it. Mm-hmm. So his leg had nowhere to go and his shin just snapped. Oh and my God. Obviously, I got to the, the school as soon as possible and he's there, he's laying in tears, screaming. And then as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, this is horrible. But then that part of my brain shut down and it was all business. I was like sliding down, making sure he was all right, calming him down, like examining the injury, which would have really grossed me out if I wasn't in that headspace. And I think it is those kinds of putting yourself mentally into that situation. Like, God, what if this happened? And envisaging it in your mind and going, okay, right, that would be gross and horrible. But I think I'm ready for that to happen now. It does steal you for when you go, oh, shit, I've really got to deal with a bad situation. You're absolutely right. I get it the same. I get fucking unbelievable fears any time I get a slight headache because of how my mum died. Yeah. yeah. So so at two different points in her life, for those of you who don't know, she had two separate aneurysms in her brain, both, and they both burst. Not related, not the same one, different sides of her brain. Anytime I get the slightest, you know, sometimes you feel like you're overtired, you get that pain behind your eye and it's, it's sharp and stings for about two seconds and you think, oh Christ, and you kind of have this like quick headache and it disappears. Anytime I get a dull headache, I just think, oh, is this it? (laughs) I can't, and I can't help it. (laughs) I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know that when an aneurysm bursts, there's no warning. It just happens and that's it. And it's literally down to luck. If, if if it kind of takes you out or not. And both times my mum was quite lucky in that the first one, the the vein clotted immediately in her brain. So she had a bleed, but it stopped. So her brain wasn't starved of oxygen, but the second time it didn't. So she was mm. starved of oxygen. And it obviously caused a, you know, a disability and paralysis and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And anytime I get it, anytime I get a headache, I just start yeah. thinking, oh God, is this it? <laughs> but so well, stupid. It isn't yeah, terrible. It isn't like my my family on my mum's side. I'm not too sure on my dad's side, but does have a history of like heart disease and strokes. And um, my mum's had a heart attack, and I'm a biggish fella, you know, <laughs> over hundred kilos. I know. So every time I feel like that slight bit of chest pain, I'm like, right, this is it. I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> 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 this is it for me. <laughs> 
And then I'm like, oh no, it's just a burp. But you do worry <laughs> yeah. about that thing, you know, especially as we slowly encroach into middle age and beyond. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, oh god, I'm going to have to get my prostate checked in the next few years. And, oh, like, Hopefully, yeah. Health checks. Oh my yeah. god, that's going to be that's going to be a proper podcast when that happens to Masters. That's how, uh, you do that when you're 40, don't you? That's coming. Yeah, but I can't wait for that because if I get if I get if I get if I just ask for a female doctor and then I can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but, no, yeah, but that's that's like a whole podcast episode, like your uh, your prostate exam experience. Yeah, no, mate, you want a male doctor because they got longer fingers and get yeah. right in there. It's a bit too. It's a bit too comfortable for me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I thought here's a story. So one morning, this was was Georgia was Georgia even alive yet or not? I don't think she was, but it's when me and Sarah lived in our old house and go to the toilet one morning. So th- yeah, this was when I was fully into the first kind of phase of I'm working out like a motherfucker. So I'm doing deadlifts, squats, like all really heavy compound stuff. Go to the toilet one morning, blood in the toilet. So I've had a poo and there's blood in the toilet. And obviously, that's it. Just immediate panic. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm dying. I've got bowel cancer or something. Oh my God, oh my God. Ring up the GPs, make an appointment. Yeah, I need to come in. I've been to the toilet. There's blood in the toilet. It's bright red. It's kind of coming out after the poo, basically. It's not in the poo. It's, you know, it's right there. Yeah, come in. No problem. The fucking doctor I saw was this absolutely beautiful young female doctor. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, no. I kind of, I don't (laughs) want to have to. (laughs) And she was like, she was so nice. We quickly, we, we were taught. So because she, she has to run down this list of questions, do you smoke? No. Do you drink? No. We then suddenly bond because she said, do you really not drink? I said, no. She goes, oh my God, me neither. And she goes, it's so it's so odd to meet somebody like you. And I said, oh yeah, it's really odd. I'm thinking, oh God, now this is a thing. Now she's really nice <laughs> and she's cute. And she goes, well, if you just pop onto the bed there, Mr. Masters. And I'm like, oh, and now she's going to oh, shove yeah. two fingers up my ass <laughs> to check my bum. <laughs> And she just said, oh, she said, yeah. She said, you exercise? Because at that time, I'd kind of got bulky. Yeah. I'd kind of bulked up a lot. And she said, oh, do you exercise? And I said, oh, yeah. She says, do you do lots of heavy lifting? I said, yeah. She says, yeah, you've you've just strained too much when you're heavy lifting. And basically, (laughs) like, it was like popped a vein or a blood vessel or something kind of in and around your bum. Because when you... When you do heavy lifting, you do kind of... it's a You kind of get that weird feeling in and around your bum area that you kind of feel that push. And she said, that's what it is. She said, that's all it is. You've got nothing to worry about. But I was thinking, oh, God, of course she has to be really cute, don't she? And, like, attractive. <laughs> and she's here with her bloody two fingers up me bum all first thing on a Tuesday morning. So exactly. I mean, for the fact that you, you you know, you pay for that experience through your national insurance, usually you have to pay top top market fees for something like that. Yeah, exactly. A lady to be fingering your bum all. So <laughs> you just see the benefit that actually you got, like, good reassurance about your health with that as well. And it was free. I feel, yeah, I've paid. I've paid <laughs> enough tax and national insurance to get my money's worth. I definitely got my money's worth that day. Exactly. <laughs> like in America, that costs you like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, you'd be more. paying for that for, for the rest of your uh, working adult life. Exactly. Five minute fingering session. Yeah. <laughs> Take out a bank loan for a finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one bank loan for each finger. <laughs> one for each finger. I was going to say. <laughs> no, just going oh, dry. Think? I can't. I can't afford the, the KY jelly. <laughs> it's too much. How much is the interest rate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get rid of the glove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many knuckles you go in? 
<laughs> if it's the pinky, the interest rate's actually quite small. <laughs> actually, really, but then you always got to come back for more. Yeah, that's yeah, true. that's true. That's true. The pinky is like the gateway a, drug to an anal fingering. Yeah, like Robert Kraft, Benny, going down to the uh, massage parlor, having yourself a time. Allegedly, obviously. So I had a, I had a, uh, I heard a really interesting question this week on a. What the hell was I watching? I can't remember, but I heard a really interesting question. And I can ask Adam this, and this is obviously something for Benny in the future. Adam, at what point did you and your kids, or especially with Sophie, did you start to think, okay, it's getting a bit weird now that I've seen you, I can see you naked? Like, did you reach that point where you were like, okay, this is just odd? Because I'm getting to that point with Georgia, where I'm starting it, to be, yeah. well, she'll, she'll say, she'll, she'll shout me upstairs and say, because she still likes to have a bath. So she'll say, I've got all the shampoo on my hair. And I'm like, oh, I really don't... Like, she's nearly 10. I'm kind of getting... I don't really want to oh, go in anymore. Yeah. It's getting a bit weird. Mm. I, I mean, I, I was in a good situation then because I had uh, my ex-wife uh, there at the time. So when it came to baths and things like that, I could just say, right, you girls all have a bath and, you know, sort out. And my ex would bath both my daughters at the same time they'd, they'd share a bath so that was around kind of like eight to ten years old that would happen and then kind of around that when when my eldest was 10 it was like okay well me me and my ex-wife have separated now obviously i'm not gonna bath you you just go have showers and i just force her to have showers now uh, and just assume she is washing well because yeah so around from a kind kind of like the age of eight, I was just like, yeah, that, that I shouldn't be doing this. And she felt the same. She was just like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for you not to. It's going to be difficult with Daisy because she's just turned six and I am starting to feel that way already. I'm starting to, like, I, I literally thought that tonight when I was uh, giving her a bath. It's like, oh man, soon I'm going to have to teach you, like over the next year, how to do all of this yourself. Because I'm not going to be doing it for you, like up until the age of like ten or eleven. No judgment on you, but it's just like I I can't do that. So yeah, it, it's weird that you bring it up because that was something I was debating in my head. Is like right, when can I do this? Because she's gotten at the moment, she's got no kind of embarrassment at all about it. You know, she's exploring her body and what have you, and realizing oh yeah, bodies are different. But I don't like getting naked in front of her or anything like that. And I haven't for quite a few years. So it's that age where that's cut off. And then soon as possible, really, it'll be the she'll be having bats on her own and doing it to a degree. Yeah, I'm the same with... Yeah, I've, I've not let Georgia see me naked for years. Yet she doesn't... Georgia really doesn't care at all. She's yeah. still, and I'm, but I remember when I was a boy that around this age, I started to say to my mum, I, I, you know, I, I'll, I'm doing it on my own. I don't want you to see me kind of naked. It, it freaks me out then when I was a boy. Yeah. And, but Georgia doesn't seem to, she's just not bothered. She doesn't really, and then maybe that's because we just make her feel, I don't know, maybe we make her feel comfortable, comfortable in her body. And she's like, well, yeah, me mum and my dad, it's not, yeah, know, and- it's not weird. And, and you guys again, are more liberal but, as well, so it's, yeah, that's true. You're not passing on that kind of shame of nakedness, yeah. That's like true. by not actively saying, "Oh, cover yourself up, Georgia," mm-hmm. or anything like that. That's or pointing not... and laughing at her nakedness, either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Why does it look like that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's that British thing that all the Europeans laugh at us for. And that they just don't care, do they? It's like, yeah, this yeah. is my body. It's just well, how I am. I this know. is it. We're the generation that grew up on Euro trash. So it's, <laughs> it's instilled on us to like go, yeah, who cares? Invite two like naked German guys around to your house to do your cleaning for you. It's funny. <laughs> they wear they wear a tabard. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very peculiar. So you love all this to come, Benny. This is all Yeah. I'll, I'll truly know that uh, that I have become my father's son when, as soon as I get home from work, I just strip down to my pants and just sit on the sofa watching TV. Then Freya, Freya, <laughs> Freya will have to get used to that. <laughs> you do that when you come here. You just sit there with no yeah. with no fucking tarp on. You just sit no, there. I, like... only did, I only did it at that time when you stole my T-shirt and I refused to wear one just to make everyone feel awkward. <laughs> I tell you, I was ha- I was half a second away from getting excited, Benny. That's why I had to tell you to put a top on. It was too much. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful bear such as yourself. Um, so, uh, just to interrupt the podcast a bit, I have a second part of my uh, my week that happened. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very interesting. Um, well, not really. Um, so, you two uh, do like to mock me for my perceived middle-classness. Yes. Uh, and perceived? the way that... <laughs> well, um, this week, um, Blossom and I... I can't, this is so like, stupid for the podcast, but I've, I've started now, so I'll commit to it. Um... Blossom and I did possibly what I would consider the most middle class thing that a couple, a couple of homeowners, a family could possibly do, and that is we now have Sky in our bedroom. So oh. we are the poshest people on the road. No, no, no. Sky. I'm sorry, Sky is working class. I couldn't. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, Adam. Sky is not middle class, regardless of yeah. where in your house it is. Not having Sky is middle class because your tastes are more refined. Or you're like me and you just know where you can pirate everything. So. <laughs> yeah, we've had a middle class pirate. Yeah, we had Sky upstairs in our rolled house. I mean, when we moved here, we just started like, yeah, why? We're not really bothered. I just, I don't know. We've basically downgraded our Sky package completely. We haven't even got sports or anything. We just, you know, yeah, or movies yeah. or, couldn't give a shit. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, Benny. Like, yeah, having Sky is now working class. Having a big uh, dish on the side of your house is so working class, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it you're is. in mid terrace, which is the most working class thing, uh, the Sky has to go on the back of the house. So there. Yeah, well, this point. is it. My my uh, house that I'm in because it's a new build. It was actually one of the caveats in the agreement we signed is that we wouldn't install any dishes or outside really? the house for like the first two years ah. uh, and like there's loads of things saying oh you can't keep poultry and, <laughs> and things like that which i'm good <laughs> i would have loved to have like a duck or something like that but what, on the side I of the house stand <laughs> well that's it i'm selling a house so when i move i'll get a duck it's fine <laughs> no i said no i said on the side of the house oh, on the like side of the house yeah, no dishes yeah, on the side to... of the house. No poultry on the side of the house. Okay, no birds stuck on the house. On the side of the house. Yeah. No, this is it. So uh, yeah, I I think it's actually kind of looked down upon, uh, certainly on new builds, because uh, according to them, it does kind of bring a perception on the area if you have them. Which <laughs> I mean, that that's why I say it's working class because it is one of those perceptions that. You know, if you're really low working class or underclass, I suppose, where you're not even able to work for whatever reason, part of your money still goes towards 
cigarettes, mm. beer, and Sky TV. <laughs> so you and have somehow those. a giant TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it is one of those perceptions. It's incorrect, you know, like thousands and thousands of people, probably millions, have Sky TV or Virgin or something like that. Oh, God, yeah, yeah of course but, they do. I mean, I, I literally haven't watched a terrestrial TV show or channel in... I was talking about this someone earlier, uh, in over two years. <laughs> like, I haven't watched one at all. Not even Great British Bake Off. I just... No. <gasps> the, the only time I would is potentially on catch-up or it's all I watch is like streaming services. No. Yeah, so it's I've... very, very minimal things that we will watch on terrestrial television. I, I th- aside from Bake Off, I can't even think of anything actually. As in, yeah. I like Channel One to Channel Five, uh, BBC One to Channel Five, and then everything mm. in between. I can't think of anything we'd watch. Yeah, I like the, I like the idea as well that um, <laughs> that be- there's people on Benny Street and they're t- like the neighbours are talking over the fence. Oh, I see the chavs at the end of the road have got Sky upstairs. Now. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of fucking pikeys. <laughs> But he's going, oh, we're middle class now. We've got Sky upstairs. <laughs> Sorry, let me just take my uh, Burberry cap off and I will uh, answer your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to... I had this topic the other week, but I thought something happened this week that was actually a really good lead into this. Norm MacDonald passed away. Yeah. And it led me on to thinking about comedy and how unbelievably subjective it is. Because you mentioned about how it hit you hard, Adam, because you were a big Norm MacDonald fan. Huge fan. Yeah. I loved his stuff. Because he just had this really dry and sarcastic and kind of insulting sense of humour. And that really did it for me. But when I messaged you, I was so shocked that both of you, well, that you were just like, no, I don't like his stuff. And then he was like, who? <laughs> and to me, it's like everyone knows who Norm Macdonald is. He's like American Sean Locke. It's why don't you know who he is? Why don't you find him funny? But yeah, it's weird how just subjective something that should be universal is. Twenty twenty one's been a bad year for surly comedians. Clearly, yeah, that's Justin McFly, Jack D, better watch yeah. out. And and <laughs> uh, girl groups as well. What happened? Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. With that lady, is it Girls Aloud she was from? Yeah, Sarah Harding. Yeah, Sarah Harding, yeah. She's only in her 30s, like young 30s as well. Passed away due to cancer. Yeah, it's bad and shit. It is, it is. Like, I don't really listen to Girls Aloud. I could, like I say, I couldn't even remember the band's name, but that actually hit me when I heard about it, and I think it was more the age. It is that thing because when you're when you are young, you do feel invincible, don't you? You do. You think, oh yeah, it's never gonna happen to me. You don't even think about it. But as you start to get to our age, more and more and more people around your age do start to pass away. Yeah. Famous people, regular people, whatever it is, because young younger people obviously things like that don't really happen to young people that much. And when they do, it's more kind of oh god, yeah, this can happen to anybody, and especially yeah. at any age. Yeah, exactly. Especially people you know who are like a decade or two older than you and so have you've probably been aware of them for most of your life like with Sean Locke I've been aware aware of him for over half my life Norm Macdonald well over half my life and it's just such a shot when you think oh well they're just such a part of my life like with, when Robin Williams died he's part of everyone's lives to some degree and then you just think well that's it for that person they're gone yeah same, same with any death, but it hits you harder than a stranger's death. 
just reading like, ah, oh, some six-year-old guy died on a, in a car crash in your local newspaper. Even if it was like on a road that you travel on regularly, it won't mean as much to you as a celebrity you like dying. That's true. That is really true. Yeah. But yeah, my yeah, but my point was yeah, it was the like I said about sort of the subjective comedian thing. I didn't hate Norm Macdonald. I just kind of thought, yeah, he's all right. But then I had the same reaction. You, I was, I had your reaction. I was like, how does Adam? Why does Adam like? I didn't know you liked him that much. Yeah, yeah, never, I really did. And it just got me thinking. It just got me thinking about comedians that are kind of divisive, or comedians that you maybe don't like, or you just think are not funny. Because oh. we're, like, I will say, and this again, we'll name a couple because this could yeah. be an interesting thing. <laughs> Let's just start a fight. Without question, without question, the funniest show I have ever been to in my life was Lee Evans. Mm-hmm. And I think I've yeah. mentioned this before. I had pains in my stomach, in my yeah. muscles the next day because I was creased over laughing for mm-hmm. an hour and a half. Constantly, constantly, constantly laughing. Absolute genius. I mean, Sarah still talk about it today. Whenever we get Facebook memories, we still say, Jesus Christ, that show was phenomenal. Yeah. And the same when we... But, but I know there are people who do not like Lee Evans at all, and they just don't get it. And then, but then I'm like thinking, how? How do you not find that funny? But then I know I'm the same way. I'm yeah. the same way with other comedians. That there's probably going to be somebody you might mention that I just think, no, they're not funny. I don't understand. To be fair, they're they're probably the type of people who spend most of their day in bed watching Sky TV. You know, they don't <laughs> get out and experience the world properly. <laughs> Blossom's yeah. very Blossom frustrates me quite a lot when it comes to comedy because things that I find to be very funny I, I think I talked about this before like Brooklyn Nine Nine was one of my favourite shows and she just oh. can't get into it all and it frustrates the hell out of me that is and, and she like she acts like really sarcastic about it as well it's like uh, I thought this was supposed to be funny um, there was I'm not laughing you're not really laughing either <laughs> Blossom that is horrible apologise to all of us when you hear this. <laughs> It's the last episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine tonight in America. It is, yeah, yeah, gutted that that's ending because it is a great show. Comedy subjective blossom, but that's a shocking take. Yeah, I, gu- I guarantee she doesn't like Lee Evans, but fortunately, which um, saved our relationship, she loves Peter K, as do I, and I have the same feelings uh, towards Peter K as uh, Masters does to Lee Evans. I saw Peter K in <clears throat> Birmingham like ten years ago um, on like his last big tour, uh, which was like yeah. The one that wasn't supposed to be a tour, which turned into a tour. And yeah, I had exactly the same feeling. Like, my body hurt for a good couple of days after that. My face, like, I feel like I needed to put ice all over my cheeks. It was so funny. So, uh, so Adam. Me, me and Blossom are seeing um, Rod Gilbert live uh, next uh, next week. So he's got a lot to live up to. Oh, Rod Gilbert is really funny. I like Rod Gilbert. He's yeah. decent. Good, Adam. Throw us out a couple of names. See if, what we, see if we have a take. People I like or people I don't. Yeah. Okay. Or, or both, mate. Both yeah, both. Go for it. Damn, this this is hard because I I listen to a lot of kind of improvisational comedy done by stand-ups. So you got people like Paul F. Tompkins, who to me isn't the best stand-up, but when he's doing improvisation, is amazing. British stand-ups. I'm trying to think. I mean, the big ones that I loved when I was younger, and I'm not sure how much I would laugh out loud now, are people like Bill Bailey and Eddie Izzard. Although I say that, I did see Bill Bailey live at Lincoln Castle a couple of years ago, and he was amazing. Yeah. Gave me a high five and everything. Oh, I, nice. I was, I was Whoa. so pleased. Yeah, as he like That's ran so down cool. the aisle, I was like, 
Can you stick my hand out? And he gave me a high five, and I was so chuffed. Big uh, respect to Bill Bailey. I, I had yeah. like loads of his D. I think I still have loads of his DVDs, and he's a hell of a dancer as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he is amazing. And Lee Evans and Peter K. Peter K. Less so now. Like after he'd done his big tours and kind of just started becoming a bit of a, a meme and uh, <laughs> just kind of repeated himself. It was just like, okay, okay, this is done now. That's fine, Peter. You're fine. <laughs> but I, th- I think my hottest takes are more like with comedy shows rather than stand-ups. So like Mighty Boosh, I cannot fucking stand. I hate oh, it. I was talking oh to God, people at work stunned. about Mighty Boosh earlier today. That's fucking terrible. It's <laughs> I am still funny. honestly, I would have put my mortgage on you liking that show. Yeah, no, conversation. And that's not because I think it's genius. I'm just stunned. I would. Oh my god! I can't believe you said that. No, no, I've I've never liked it, and I've given it a, wow. a fair go at several points in my life. And I've been like really close friends with people who have adored it and just quoted it over and over and over. And I'm just like, yeah, good for you. It's not my kind of thing. But people people do like quote that type of thing that's yeah. really funny to them. But to me, it was just like, no, I just don't get it. It's kind of a bit like me and and Seinfeld. I c- I can watch it and I go, <laughs> yeah, but it's just not laugh out loud funny. <laughs> or Trailer Park Boys, which I know you like, Dan. It's just no, oh my doesn't God, do it for I me. That shows. I know, I know. But to me, it's just like, yeah, I I, I get it. It's just not for me. Not th- that type of humor. But yeah, God, there's weird things like like Green Wing. You remember that? And Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, yeah. Yes, go on, Dark Place. Yeah, Dark didn't Place, like those. Yeah. They were just boring. But anything by Graham Linehan, Linehan mm. I fucking love. So Father, Father, Father Ted. Ted. Yeah, absolutely uh, classic. Absolutely amazing. And was it, which one was it? It's Black Books he worked on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I think it was. IT Black crowd. Books, absolutely funny. IT Crowd, amazing. And and like some of his radio stuff that he's contributed to as well. I, I suppose I like comedy with a bit of a twist to the comedy, like r- panel shows. So things like 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown or uh, 99p Challenge, which is an old radio show with loads of British comedians like Armando Iannucci and uh, Sue Perkins uh, and stuff like that. Amazing. Just really hits the spot for me. But there are certain things where it's just, no, it's a turn-off. It really is. And I'm just, I'll sit there stony-faced. And the so, worst thing is, I'll, I'll commit myself to the po- the worst person in this group. There are times when I found Mrs. Brown boys quite funny. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll happily watch it, and I will snigger and laugh. <laughs> that show is absolute marmite. It's yeah. it's it's the most marmite show on television mm. because it regularly gets nineteen twenty million views. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The other people who don't watch it say it's absolute dog shit, and I'm yeah. one of those people. <laughs> and I think there's something I'm not getting here. I am missing something. I don't know what it is, and I've tried so many times because I want to be in on the joke. Yeah. But nope. Fucking awful. Adam it, just became Papa Benny's like favorite member of the podcast. Where I admit he likes um, Mrs. Parts of Mrs. Brown's boys. Yeah. Like, yeah, the are just parts of it. Good. <laughs> they're just, they, they make me laugh out loud. And I know it's stupid and I know it's really bad humour, but the type of humour it is, sometimes I need that. <laughs> I, d- I don't want... it? Because the point is, if it makes you laugh, it's good humour. Yeah, exactly. 
Like, uh, do well, you, there are different qualities of humor, aren't there? There are different styles of humor. Well, and of course, that of course is the are, basic vaudevillian, like slapstick humor. It's not like, oh, uh, like jam or something where you've got to go, oh my god, that is really dark, but because it's so dark, it's funny. Mm. Or something like Limmy Show where you have to actually take on the life experiences of someone who's been in that situation and enjoy it, understanding from their point of view the humour in that situation. Like the humour in the situation of someone who's a recovering drug addict and like gets thrown out of shops. Because when they were a drug addict, they used to steal stuff. There are parts of that that is funny with the way it's presented, but that's not Mrs. Brown's boys. <laughs> yeah, but like so, we said, it's that's why it's amazingly subjective. That's why yeah. it's, like I say, 20 million people. Like That's a very large percentage of the population who think that show is very good. They're yeah. all the really old people, though, yeah. who don't have anything else to watch. I remember the good old <laughs> days of the Royal Variety performance and uh, Frankie <laughs> Howard... And yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, what the old people that should be in bed. Right. Mrs. Brown's boys know, is on past their bedtime <laughs> and they're being naughty and staying up. <laughs> hang on though, Adam. Hang on though. Hang on though, Adam. Just quickly. I yeah. get what you're saying, but I think, well, you see, if I like, because I love Carry On films, why don't I then yeah. like Mrs. Brown's boys? They're the same, in the same ballpark. It's that same, like you say, slapstick, vaudevillian, double entendre kind of thing yet one i love and ch- and cherish and the other i don't and well it's that's just, it i mean it's I, weird. I like sitcoms that are a bit weird or go into the surreal nature like with black books for example or father yeah. ted mm-hmm. so why don't i like mighty boosh oh yeah yeah good point True. yeah like you said yeah apart from i was, I was gonna boosh say it isn't or, funny doesn't have jokes or, in it <laughs> Well, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, you're like, you like the surreal, but you don't like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That blows my fucking mind. Well, that's that's it. I just, I, I get it. I get what that he's trying so to do. To but that humour to him <laughs> isn't to humorous to me. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, what what you are, you're, you're ripping off Stephen King or X number of like cheap 1980s and 1970s style people and you're saying silly things. It's just not funny. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place gave us um, Matt Berry, and it, it will always be um, have a high place in my heart because of that. And Richard Ayoade is the first thing I ever well, saw. Well, that's it, in. yeah. And like IT Crowd with both of them in is yeah. amazing. Yeah. A Toast of London with Matt Berry's oh, show. Yeah. That is what a show. sublime. <laughs> what and a it's, show. It's just quotable all the way through. But And, and IT Crowd, Series 2, Episode 1. Literally the best episode of TV, the best comedy <laughs> thing ever. The moment where she turns around and sees Moss behind the bar of the theatre, <laughs> I die. I die, and then a few seconds later, I come back to life. Oh. It is the best thing. God, yeah. That seems fucking amazing. That's amazing. All right, I'll give you... Say what? There was one other thing I wanted to get to. I'll give you a couple of mine that I fucking cannot stand. Yeah, on, let's, cannot... Let's, 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 this, this podcast has descended into comedy hot takes. Let's just let's spend the last ten minutes just doing this. Yeah. Fucking right. I don't have any clue how Kevin Hart has ever oh. done anything <laughs> with anything ever. Ever. All he does is just say words fast and loud. That's it. And I'm like, okay, 
there's clearly something I've missed. I I tried to watch one of his specials because I do enjoy comedy specials. I I was kind of raised on that. Like you know, like Richard Pryor specials, and like I watched all of those when I was sort of like ten or eleven. My parents yeah. had them. You know, watch this. It's really I loved it. I loved it. Loved the way it's produced. Everything. Kevin Hart walks out on stage at a show. He's like, "Yo, Rob, what's up? You've been on the phone with your woman, and she don't believe you." And everyone goes, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> what's that? Have you ever been on the phone with your woman, and she doesn't believe you?" Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the joke? There's no joke. Where's the build-up? There's no punchline. He's just saying things that happen on a day. I'm thinking, all right, this I just fucking no clue. No clue. The other one, every time, every time I see this guy on a panel show in the UK, I just want to go and jump off a bridge. Dara O'Brien. Oh, my God. Oh. Fucking awful. Awful. He has the world's most annoying tick. Every time he says a joke, he goes air eh, after it. <laughs> Listen to him <laughs> on anything. Like literally anything. when you were saying that, I was like visualizing and copying on my face the look like raised eyebrows and like yeah. puckering of his lips that he does. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to him, you're never gonna believe it. Uh, oh fucking hell. <laughs> Fuck off. That's very good. So I, uh, I appreciate I enjoyed that. Right, yeah, my big so my big funny. hot take is um, the darling, and some would say the godfather of uh, modern British comedy, and that is uh, anything made by, starring, or um, from the mind of Ricky Gervais can get to fuck. He's the most un- like I have friends who I've fallen out with because I say I don't like The Office. The Office is the most overrated piece of TV garbage to ever come off these shores, and I apologise to the rest of the world for it. Extras, what a load of shit. <laughs> The shit that he's got on yeah. Netflix, I ain't even bothered with. He can get, he can do one. I absolutely cannot stand the man. To yeah. me, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That is not that hot of a take. I don't yeah. think. The I office, don't get this stuff around the office. I don't get it. The at office all. at the time, at the time, bearing in mind it was in nineties, was it? The office, yeah. yeah, was was good, but that's because it was something different. It was like a, a mockumentary comedy that really dug into that like cringe factor. And I think that's not really something that had been explored before properly. You'd have things like Alan Partridge, but this was like another level, slightly more refined. I don't like the American office, and I won't watch the office or the extras again. Like Ricky Gervais and his XFM and podcast days were good, but that's because I didn't listen to any other podcasts. And that's because of Carl Pilkington. Back then, that was pretty much <laughs> and their the interactions with him. Like the, yeah. the XFM podcast was like the first podcast to come out of the UK. Exactly, exactly, and that was good because it was new and because it was different. But I couldn't watch it, listen to it now because it's uh, just oh god, that's so basic. But yeah, I I totally agree with you, Ricky Gervais, and is like eh, I'm an atheist. <laughs> Scared can just go. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> although, right. although, hang oh, on, Derek oh, was quite touching. I I quite okay. like Derek because it made me think of old people and feel sad, as well as happy. <laughs> so it no. really tugged on your 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 heartstrings that show. Yeah, he okay. thrives off the, like you mentioned. He thrives off the whole cringe thing, and that's just that's not for me at all. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm with Benny on that. Yeah. I don't cringe yeah. comedy can fuck off. Yeah. Just make, uh, why would you want to make me uncomfortable? It's not. It's yeah. comedy. Make me laugh. Exactly. Can I not? 
can I uh, just jump in with another hot take and lose oh, both on. of your friendships? Uh, Peep Show is terrible. It's oh not my funny God. and should never be shown again. Oh <laughs> my God. Wow. We got to I it, just, folks. We <laughs> got just, to it in the end. <laughs> It's just shit. <laughs> just, oh, it's so fucking good. I was hoping we make it to a year. Again, but no. it's it's cringe. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I just I don't care about the characters. I don't like the way it's filmed. I don't like that first person perspective because I just don't want people looking into the camera. <laughs> That's that detracts from the humor and the humorous <laughs> situation. And who who cares? Who cares about them? Not me. <laughs> but don't get me I wrong, love, Mitchell and Webb, I fucking love in take. lots of other stuff. I was going like to say, I'm Mitchell sure, sure you told me before which you like the Mitchell and Webb look. And I was like, oh, that, yeah. That's what's like blowing my mind. Yeah, I you, you, like, show. You've, no. <laughs> you've quoted, like, are we the baddies to me on multiple exactly. occasions, so I definitely know you like it. So Digby Chicken Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All of that is great. They should stick to sketch shows where they get to explore a variety of different situations. Not I gotta say, genuinely, Peep Show is one of those so one of those shows that me and my best man for my wedding, Gaz, we will get together and we will just sit there and quote each other, quote it all day to each other and laugh. <laughs> it's it's one of those shows for me and him that we just quote it from all the whole everything, just everything about it. I think it's fantastic. I had to, that's a great hot take though. That is a great hot take. Mm. Yeah, mine seems tepid you know, by comparison. <laughs> yeah, because we can went. Yeah, you're right, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, you can, take you can activate yeast in my hot take. That's a, that's the annoying part. <laughs> Your take will I slowly think... rise. Yeah, yeah. Stick, stick my stick my um, stick my take in the air and cupboard and let it yeah. rise for a couple of hours. Y- your take has proved. <laughs> okay, we did have something else to talk about, but we're kind of getting later on. And yeah, it's like that's a longer. Yeah, yeah. We'll save that for next week. That's a longer topic, so. Uh, well, a little a little teaser for next week was that I asked the boys to think about very uh, some of their favorite movie quotes, and I wanted yeah. to talk about that because that that kind of led me onto that thing I mentioned about Peep Show was that you can actually form bonds with people mm-hmm. if you love the same movies and can oh, quote yeah. them together, and I thought that was something that was kind of an interesting thing to explore. But yeah, like we say, we've run a bit long, so we'll save that to next week. Adam, Jeez. a question, please. Okay, <clears throat> I just bought my twelve-year-old daughter. A violin, but I can't stand hearing her play. It sounds terrible. How do I nicely take it away from her and return it? Uh. Speaking as a dad who has a daughter around that age who's played the violin, my heart goes out to this person. Hey, boys, you may not know this. I was also a violin player in my class. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Get ready for this. Peep this information, boys. I went to violin club at school. Let's go. <laughs> did you, school, did you mean way. to go Primary to school. violence club? And it was just... No, oh, no, well, no. I'm here now. <laughs> no, it wasn't meant to be violence club. Although, to be fair, the first rule of violin club was play lots of things in violin club. So it wasn't even yeah. that cool, really. Yeah. It was just a bit boring. Uh, well, bizarrely and interestingly, yeah, George has got... So at George's school, years five and six, they get to choose a musical instrument to take home with them. So I t- she chose the trumpet. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah goes, oh, great, fucking God. Sonia from EastEnders. <laughs> I was like, okay. No. Um, yeah, so George has, George has got a trumpet to come home with her. 
I don't know. I feel like it. Tw- it depends if the if the twelve year old with the violin, if they love it and they're really into it, you're just gonna have to eat that noise. Sorry, yeah. if it yeah. if it's something they love to do, and they're really passionate about it, you gotta cultivate that passion. Definitely, yeah. exactly. It's part, it's part of being a parent. Hey, sorry, parents, and obviously this is something Benny's realizing. As soon as you have kids, you don't matter anymore. Yeah, it's about making sure your children are okay. No one cares about you or your fucking ears or how hurt they are by this child's violin playing. No one gives a shit. If the child is happy, let them be happy. And again, I always have this thing like, maybe just talk to the child. You know, are you enjoying the violin? <laughs> just no, not talk. really. Shall I, yeah, shall I take it back then? Yeah, okay then. Maybe um, that's what you need to do. And also, yeah. they t- all they have said is that they bought their daughter a violin. There's no mention of because she's learning it at school or because yeah. she's getting lessons. It could just be... Right, there you go, as a violin. Learn how to play. Of course she's going to sound terrible. Get her lessons. And then she can develop that and sound better. There are not many instruments that you can learn to play where it sounds okay even when you're learning. No. Most instruments, when you're learning to play them, sound fucking awful because you don't know how to play it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you get her, so... Exactly. Unless you've got something that's already in tune, like a glockenspiel... Exactly. <laughs> it's it's going to sound terrible and horrible. But the only, the yeah. other alternative is um you buy them an electric guitar, turn all the like down tune all the strings, turn the gain and the uh, overdrive yeah. and everything all the way up to max and just like strum and you can just say it's like a gent song and everyone you know be think you're a musical genius. Yeah. Or electric violin with headphones. Yeah. Headphones, I was gonna say. It could be the next Vanessa May. Oh, oh, I was yeah. just thinking. I was thinking Vanessa May, and yes, Vanessa May yeah. would is still a good one. Or what? What's the other guy? Nigel something? Or is Kennedy. he the cook? Nigel, Nigel <laughs> Kennedy. Nigel Kennedy. Who's the cook that looks like him with the spiky Gary hair? Rhodes. That's Gary it. Rhodes. Okay. R.I.P. Yeah, by confused. the way. Oh shit! Yeah. Fuck Gary Rhodes. Gary Rhodes. R.I.P. I don't know if Nigel Kennedy's dead. He might be. I don't know. Guess well, who's dead? He might be now. Guess. Guess who's dead? <laughs> Hopefully not Vanessa May. Again, another one of my younger crushes. Oh, yeah, like, Who the hell is that playing? Literally that just googled Jesus. her and looking at pictures of her. <laughs> yeah, a fantastic way to spend a, a fantastic way to spend ten minutes. Looking yes. at the beautiful Vanessa May. <laughs> I mean, there is also the thing always, is, of course, is that you're the parent. If you want to just take it back, just say sorry. I took it back. Yeah. I don't think it's right for you. How about something else? Just, uh, you know. That's it. Is that nice, though? Is that nice when yeah. essentially you're saying, mate, you are so shit, I had to return this. Here's a fucking triangle. <laughs> but <if laughs> that's all okay, your work. But if, they're so, but if they're so bad, if they're so bad, though, you're doing them a favour. Because if Ooh, that's you, need to give them a bit of, you need to give them a bit of time. You need to give them a few months, to, but then you couldn't take it back then because it'd be too worn. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. real catch twenty. We put ourselves in real catch twenty two. Too many now, miles in this fire, then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's too many miles on this bow. Sorry. <laughs> oh, look! Look at the cheek imprint on this. We can't take that back. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell! It's not even a face cheek. What have you been doing with this violin? No wonder it sounded terrible. I mean, on oh, a weird one. Smells weird. Part. <laughs> Part of the reason I got this is because Daisy in primary school, they've actually, this week, they've had one of these people come in from, like, a big music club, an external thing, to show, like, ah, right, everyone come in the assembly hall and let me play some instruments for you. 
and doing stuff. And she loved it. And I said, right, well, they've got loads of, like, instruments that you can start learning at a very basic level. Things like keyboard, guitar, drums. And I said, which one would you choose if you could? And she just went, singing. I was like, yes, thank God. It's the (laughs) cheapest one. (laughs) Can she sing, though? Uh, she could, well, she's six. Of course she can't. <laughs> no. oh, okay. No. Yeah, but some kids can, though. Oh, some yeah, but they are. At a young age, some kids have it. They are, though, the ones whose parents have pushed them to do that, taken them to lessons uh, fair. And, and done all that. Yeah, could be a fair I mean, point, you actually. may get a natural talent, but Daisy's never tried to sing, like, out loud or anything like that. It's hard enough getting her to tell you what she's done at school that day. <laughs> get her to sing in front of you. Maybe let her sing it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, just to go full circle, actually, there was a... There was sh- tonight at the school, they were showing us around the drama club, and you could tell that the girl who was showing us... Because sort of Bo took us into the drama club and said, oh, I don't do drama, but this girl can talk to you about drama. You could absolutely tell this girl was a drama student because <laughs> everything she said was like with flair and pizzazz. <laughs> she was kind of going, yes, this is a drama club. <laughs> <laughs> Just and we came out and Sarah went, you can tell she does drama. I was like, yeah, you can. She lives it. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, okay. violin, what would you do? Put it in the fire. As much cool as <laughs> it is. It's the 21st century. No one plays violin anymore. Just just hire, hire what... someone to boo her from like outside a bedroom window. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> boo. We just talked to the, the kids at school. Just talk to the kids at school to start bullying her because she's a violin. That'll, That'll stop it straight away. What do you think but, you are, a gangster? Freya, Freya, da- Daddy literally has an electric guitar. Play that, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> yeah. Please take up drumming and be cool. Yes. Yeah. Wait, All what right, are you doing with that cocaine? Put it down. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the perils, actually, of the, uh, the perils of violin playing are not quite the same as the perils of being in a metal band, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we found her. We found her in a hotel room. She was doing extra maths homework. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, that's what violin playing gets you. Yeah. It's all, all that sex and violins. Hey. <laughs> oh, God. All right. there's, there's your podcast I feel like, title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> sex and violins. Yeah, there you go. All right. I feel like, as usual, we've not really dispensed great advice, but it's advice nonetheless. We've tried our best, and that's all you can that's ask for, people. That's the whole point. Exactly. Yeah. All right, there we go. Thank you, everyone. Boys, anything else? Make sure you give your mum or dad or significant other a hug and just tell me you love them. Aw, I love you guys. I love you. I love you guys. Thank you very much. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye.